0: hey slingers today i'm talking to joe j a conrath about the transition from traditional to indie maybe even back again so stick around find out what we uh, chat about next hey you're looking for a jump on your own indie author career but kind of confused about where to start i got the place for you check out draft to digital that's where you're going to be able to convert your manuscript Distribute it worldwide online and get help the whole way from the best author support there is. Trust me on this one. So go check out draft to digital at draft digitalcom slash Wordslinger.
1: It's the Wordslinger podcast, where story matters. Build your brand. Write your book.
0: Redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours now? Here's the guy who invented pants-optional,
1: Kevin Tumlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger.
0: Well, I am Kevin Tumlinson, the word slinger. Uh, I am uh, I'm thrilled that you're here today. This has been a, this has been a hectic week for me, man. Uh, yesterday, uh, me, Mark Lefave and Dan Wood all did the D2D Ask Us Anything uh, on Facebook primarily, but it's going to be showing up on our blog. Uh, I've Still got a couple of things I got to do as far as blog posts, uh, transcripts, that sort of thing. Uh, but that's going to be available for everyone to to uh, check out and listen in on. Uh, there was some great advice in that thing. You're going to want to definitely tune into that. And we were giving away. Now this is going to by the time you hear this, uh, the this is going to be closed. But we were giving away free author consultations, 30 minute author consultations with either me, Mark or Dan, um, assigned randomly by the way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, somehow I ended up with the lion's share. I've got like, uh, it's something like four to one <laughs> for, for these things. Like if I get four, they get one. Uh, but, uh, we ended up, um, having a great time with that it it was a very effective uh AUA webinar thing we're going to be doing more of those we're going to aim to do one of those a month i think uh still pulling some things together we learned some lessons on this uh can't wait to apply those but uh heck man i may do my own ask me anything at some point in the future uh let me know if you'd be interested in that uh and maybe even the author consulting thing too we'll see um But uh, let me know if you would have an interest in in anything like that, WordSlinger-themed. Pop on over to WordSlingerPodcast.com, hit the contact button, or uh, leave me something on the uh, comments for this show, which is, by the way, uh, episode 191. Just go search for one ninety one in the little search box at wordslingerpodcast.com. Uh, I have a little glitch right now with that by the way. So it may be directing you to my home page. And if it does just click on Wordslinger Podcast in the in the menu up top and you can use the search box from there. So sorry about that. Uh, I did something I thought was clever and somehow it redirected all my links. <laughs> so I gotta I gotta hop in and fix that. Uh, among all the other things that I'm doing. So uh, so today we're chatting with Joe Conrath. You may know him as J. A. Conrath or half a dozen other um, nom de plumes, <laughs> pen names. Um, but uh, I had a great conversation with him about, you know, his transition from the traditional world to to self publishing. Uh, why he's doing that. I had a chance to participate in a promotion he did uh, last last week. It kind of ran through the weekend. Um, and it was a it was a freebie thing. You know, we were give, it was me and like twenty nine other authors, him included, uh, giving away free copies of a book in our catalog. And uh, you know uh, it was interesting the way he handled it because uh, there was a button there that would allow you to click and uh, put every single one of those books in your cart on Amazon, which I thought was very clever. Um, there were some glitches. There were some hang ups uh, more people jumped in on this than he had expected. You know, most of the people participating had lists in the like 25 to 40,000 range. Um, me included. And (laughs) and so he got like, you know, he was, there was enough bandwidth on that page to accommodate, I think a hundred thousand visits. And he got 500,000 in the first like hour of the, uh, of the promo and it just kept happening and it kept basically it was a like a denial of service attack on his site (laughs) orchestrated by those of us participating uh because we all sent out our emails around the same time so uh that was interesting and it kind of like he had to manually watch that every hour or something (laughs) and reset his reset the site and make sure everything reappeared so uh lots of lessons learned from that too apparently so that that'll change next time but the the promotion went great. I mean, all of us ended up in the top uh, like top 100, top 50 of Amazon's free list. Um, you know, on that's Amazon's store, by the way. <laughs> and we all like ended up number one in our categories, um, in our various categories. So it that was a so really uh great promotion I'm, I'm going I'm looking forward to see what happens what the sort of playthrough is gonna be for that um because it was thirty novels uh people were just grabbing you know so the chances of someone reading my novel out of the thirty uh might be a little slim you never know um but it, it still it's interesting to get it out there uh I'm, I'm intrigued by that. We talk just a little bit about that in this interview. So, uh, But I'm going to go ahead and let's just roll us right in. Uh, I want to make sure you get uh, the full blast thing here. And then stick around afterwards. We'll have uh, a couple of news bites for you. Uh, and I'll see you all on the other side. Hey, welcome to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. This is one of our, our infamous interview episodes. I love bringing on guests who... Uh, one, and I love bringing on guests who know what they're talking about, and this guy certainly does. I'm talking to Joe Conrath. You may know him as J.A. Conrath. He's a thriller writer. Uh, we get a lot of those around here, Joe. Um, and, there are a uh, lot of us. <laughs> there are a lot of us, and surprisingly, we, do, we all seem to do pretty well. Um, that must mean there's a big enough pie to go around, but welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Kevin.
0: <clears throat> Man, um, I've been looking forward to having you on the show for a while now. You, kinda, you held me at arm's length for a while.
1: I ghosted you.
0: <laughs> you didn't ghost me because you actually reached back out to me. So you, you saved me the trouble of uh, follow-up begging or any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike every, every girl I dated in high school who uh, did not save me that trouble. Um, so you've got something new, and I, I, I'm I'm excited to talk about it because, you know, you have a blog post on this. I read through that. Uh, some of it's intriguing. One thing in particular is really intriguing me, and it may be a non-event for you, but we'll see. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got coming up?
1: Well, I've got a couple cool things coming up for anybody watching or listening to this who doesn't know who I am. My name is Joe Conrath. I write under the name J. A. Conrath. Uh, I've also written under the name Jack Kilborn. I got started in the legacy. Publishing world, which is way, way back in the 90s and naughties, when you actually had to send out snail mail to agents and publishers to try to get them to read your query letter. Yeah. And I did that for a decade, and I wrote over a million words, and I wrote 10 novels, and I got over 500 rejections. And then finally, I got an agent. In about 1999, and I wrote a few more books with her that she couldn't sell. Finally, she sold one called Whiskey Sour in 2003. And then from 2003 up to 2009, I was a legacy published author. I was uh, having hardcovers put out worldwide and paperbacks, and I was making, you know, a decent living meaning about 30 to 40 grand a year. Right? Wife still worked. But, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'd made it because that's what all the writing books and magazines told you is making it. You finally right. get your book in bookstores. Right. Well, then the Kindle came along. Amazon with this pe- pesky ebook reader. And what they did was they opened up an opportunity for authors to self publish. Right. Now I first heard about this because I had a website, still do, Jaconrath.com, Conrath with a K, and I had free PDFs on my website of the books that had been rejected by hundreds of publishers. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm not not selling them, never going to sell them. Why don't I uh just make them free on on the webpage? Right. What happened? was I got a lot of fans reading my paper stuff that they were finding in bookstores wanting to put these on their new Kindle device and can't I sell them in the Kindle store. And back then it was called DTP, not KDP. It was the digital text platform. So I was one of the first authors to say, all right, I'm not selling these anyway. Why the hell not? And threw them up there for 99 cents. And this was back in 2009, April of 2009. And the first month I made enough to cover my mortgage. Nice. Now, it's completely start. unexpected. <laughs> I mean, I thought this was going to be like a pathway drug. Oh, read this book for cheap and then go and buy my real books that are in bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started uploading more of these rejected books and started making more money. And by the next year, I was suing my publishers to get my rights back from the books that had already been published. Yeah. And then I was able to launch ten books at once, and that was the first month I made a hundred thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, your story, by the way, and I, I, I made a bit of an error because I kind of leapt into this like everybody's going to know your story. Uh, but it is sort for some of us. There's a circle of us who follow everything you're doing and saying. Thank you. You know your your journey and adventure. Uh, Is very informative.
1: (laughs) It was. I I made a lot of mistakes and took a lot of chances, and I blogged about it. I started my blog, A Newbie's Guide to Publishing, back in two thousand and five. Right. So I was very pro traditional publishing and pro self promotion and marketing, and I shared a lot of my experiences. I did a book tour that you know I, I spent. 60 days on the road. I hit 500 bookstores. We called it the J.A. Conrad No Sex Tour. Okay. Uh, which my wife nor I will ever do again. Huh. Uh, I, I blogged a lot about book signings and doing book events and going to conferences and doing all these things that we were told that we had to do as authors. Right. And then... The kindle was invented and my blog shifted focus from this is how to self-promote as a legacy published author to well you know what you really don't need these gatekeepers and you can right. make a couple of bucks yourself and maybe right. pay your electric bill maybe pay your rent maybe buy yourself a car yeah or house <laughs> and right. uh, that's that's how it turned out for me i was completely right place right time because I had a backlist of crap that nobody wanted. And I didn't think it was crap. I knew they were good books. And Amazon just opened up and I was able to release a lot at once early on in the game. And I sold millions of books.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, is the bulk of your career then has been indie at this point.
1: Since then, yes and no. I, I okay. think I'm, I'm what's called a hybrid. I think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: that makes sense.
1: What what happened was there was an Amazon program called Amazon Encore that got started right after KDP got started or DDP got started. And this was a small publishing wing of Amazon that looked at independently published books Mm -hmm. from self-published authors and said, you know what, why don't you let us publish them and we can give you a little boost. Right And they reached out to me because of one of my books and said, "Hey, we're interested." And I said, "Well, I'm not like a newbie. Can you Google me and, and learn who I learn who I am before we continue this conversation?" And at this point, I'd sold a couple hundred thousand right. regular paper books, and they got back to me pretty quick and said, "Oh, we're sorry for bothering you." And I said, "No, no, no, no. You're not bothering me at all." Uh, the first series I wrote was for a publisher called Hyperion, yeah. and there were all books about a cop named Jack Daniels. They were all named after drinks, Whiskey Sour, Bloody Mary, Rusty nail, no, and so on. You're catching the theme. Mm-hmm. So Amazon wanted to publish one of my new books, and I said Hyperion, who had published the first six Jack Daniels books, dropped their mystery line after I signed the second three-book deal. So those books got no promo, they got no advertising, they got no co-op, they were right. very poorly released. And once your sales decline, once they're on the downward downward uh, trek mm-hmm. in the publishing world, nobody else wants to pick up a series or right. an author like that. Right. So I could not sell a seventh Jack Daniels novel, but Amazon Encore approached me and I said, "Hey, how about I give you another Jack Daniels book?" that the publishers don't want. And they said, great. So I was the first traditionally published author published by Amazon. And the book has sold a couple hundred thousand copies. It turned out really well. I did a sequel for them. I did three more books for them with a co-writer of mine, a good friend, Ann Boss Peterson, the Chandler series, and those have sold very well on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then I was the first German published Amazon author too, because Amazon realized Encore was working with me, and then they started other imprints like Thomas & Mercer and Mount Lake for different genres, and then they went into different countries, and they looked at the properties they already owned, and they contacted me and said, well, you know, this first book we did with you, Shake, and you want to do this in Germany, and I said, absolutely. Do you have a translator? And they said, no, and I said, well, I do, because I had a fan from Germany email me, yeah, and say I love your books. I'd love to translate one. And I say I don't know anything about that. I wouldn't even know how to correct that. Is that right? Did he just write gibberish? I don't know.
0: Right. Uh,
1: but he talked me into doing it for very cheap, and I did it. And he turned out to be a very good translator. His name's Peter Zmi. And I told Amazon, "Look, I'm guy. Uh, I've already got a relationship with him. He already knows my work." Mm-hmm. see how fast we can throw that up so i became the first amazon crossing published author because of that i'm I'm very proud of this as you can yeah no i was... I, I loved being at the beginning of something right and now i'm a, a tortoise now i'm a dinosaur <laughs> i'm at in the middle of something and it's evolved way beyond what i even understand at this point
0: right yeah um uh... Go ahead. I'm sorry. You want to say something? It's no, no, you know. I was just going to interject. I was going to say, uh, you know, we after after having followed you for for all this time, um, I I get what you're saying because I, I you know I kind of I kind of regret that because I started publishing with Amazon in 2008, somehow managed to miss out on the whole explosion of authors getting picked up and getting deals and all. That. I I somehow managed to avoid all that. So. Uh listening to your story, Mike, I get to hear what the what could have been kind of deal.
1: <laughs> the, the, what could have been is you could have signed an unconscionable contract for your life plus seventy years mm-hmm. and non compete clauses and next option clauses, which would have kept your hands tied, prevented you from self publishing anything. Right. And ultimately they would have tanked your career just like they very much tried to tank mine. And uh we wouldn't even be talking right now. So it's a good thing that you never yeah. got an offer because there are no good offers unless it's what I call FU money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: F you know, FU money is when the publisher comes in and says, We're gonna give you six or seven figures. Right. And you say, Well, fine. Yeah. That's that's FU because uh, you can do whatever you want with it. You can yeah. screw up my career. You can put swastikas all over the the cover. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend that, but it doesn't matter to me because yeah. you just gave me enough money that I no longer care about if the book succeeds. Right. But usually authors care.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would care. Um, and clearly, you cared. I mean, you you fought pretty hard to to get you, you know the books that were out there. You you fought hard to get those the rights back, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was difficult. It, yeah. they did not want to give them up, especially when the ebook boom started. But uh, though I do not recommend lawsuits on either side of of them, it allows me to work from home and spend all day wearing a bathrobe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's hard to it's hard to beat. That's worth it in the end. Um, i got
1: I've got my bathing suit on, and I just periodically go into the hot tub and get out of the hot tub and go back into the hot tub and it's some beautiful those are beautiful,
0: those are lucky. good days. I mean I, I do enjoy the the freedom uh, I have, you know, I don't I, I do my work wherever I feel like doing it, whenever I feel like doing it, you know. That's that's pretty handy. <laughs>
1: it is, but is your boss a jerk?
0: My boss can be a complete jerk, yeah. That's yeah. my wife. She hates yeah. my boss sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's me i'm i'm my, my wife is a different sort of boss my wife my wife runs the family and runs everything right but, um when i meant when i meant my boss is because i'm self employed i'm my right. own boss
0: that's what i mean my I, I mean me i'm the big jerk in this scenario you're the wife yeah I'm, no i'm not the wife i'm just the no big jerk boss my wife my wife is a much better boss than i am she gets things done. She's that one. Uh, she's the one that gets the trains to the station on time, and, you know, use the, uh, the aphorism. Does so, she uh, read you? What's that? Does she no, read she me? doesn't. See, now, we've had this. She and I have had this conversation. I, uh, w- when I first started doing this, I felt somewhat offended that she would read maybe one book, you know. But she's, she's not really uh, – that's not her, her role in this. Like she's the one who facilitates me writing. I have other
1: readers. <laughs> well, it's, it's, good. it's good to have some.
0: <laughs> it is good board. to have some, yeah. Uh, so you're. I want to talk a little bit about your sort of – I want to eventually get to the new stuff that's coming out.
1: I got new stuff coming out.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, it's interesting. Uh, but I know there are people out there listening who are probably going to be interested in, in sort of your process, because especially since you are coming over, you've come over from – The the traditional world, like what changed between traditional and indie, uh, for you as far as your work, work in progress uh, or process.
1: Well, okay. First of all, the the difference in speed and um, rush to market is night and day. It's glacial, the legacy publishing world. Right you have a deadline that's usually a year or 18 months away you turn in what you think is a polished manuscript but it turns out to be a first draft yeah and then you go through an editing process which can last a couple of weeks to a couple of months they actually mail you your manuscript back there's no you know microsoft word doc where they have the review button on and you can accept or or reject suggestions it is actual red line ink mm-hmm. that if you don't like something, you write "stet," which means, nope, I don't want I don't want to use that. Right. And you send that back to them and you may have to go back and forth a couple of times mailing it, snail, mail, snail mailing it. And then you go through uh, a proofing process and then you go through another proofing process where they send you what the pages look like after they've been typeset. You have to read your book for the 80th time, which is always a joy, because you'll catch it the 80th time. The 79 times, you missed that typo, but 80, oh, by that point, you'll you'll catch that typo immediately. (laughs) Right. And then once they accept it, it's another 12 months to publication. So you're talking a two year, sometimes longer process from, Uh, you having a book to the book actually getting out there. Right. Uh, with Shaken, which was the first book I did with Amazon, mm-hmm. I wrote Shaken in nine days. Yeah, I had a deadline. I had other things going on. I still had some legacy deals at this point. I was still writing under the name Jack Gilborn. So I couldn't devote the time to Shaken that I wanted to. And I asked Amazon for more time. And they said, well, we have really got the machine rolling. We can't do that like, all right, well, a lot of coffee and no sleep, and I can knock out 70,000 words in a, in a week and some change. Mm-hmm. And I did. Amazon Publishing, like Thomas and & Mercer and Mottlake and, and all of their imprints, uh, they don't edit. Right. They'll proof. They'll help you with typos, but they don't give you suggestions. They don't say, well, you know what? Your protagonist is kind of a jerk. Maybe can you give them a dog or something to make them more likable? Nope, they pretty much let you let you do yeah. what you want to. Yeah. By the time I'd gotten to that point, I'd already written 18 novels. So uh, I have a pretty good idea if a book is working or not. Right. And my wife is my first reader, and she'll usually read it while I am in the process of it. So she's reading it as I write it. Right. And if I do anything wrong, she immediately lets me know and I can fix it before I even get to the end. And she usually reads the end about 20 seconds after I write the end, and she's already caught up to that point. So these days, I don't have to deal with an editor. Mm -hmm. I still, of course, use a proofreader who's excellent, who takes about a week to really go through it and and finds just damn near everything, which is really good. Uh, Her name is Sharice Graves, Grammar Rules is her website. There's a link to it on the sidebar of my blog, and she's terrific, really fast, really professional. So in this new, improved self-publishing world, you can get a book from idea to for sale in a month, six weeks, Uh, and that's a huge difference. Yeah. plus, of course, keeping 70 percent, as opposed to six to eight percent that you would get of cover price with paperback books, 10, 12.5 to 15 percent of a hardcover book. But even that, a20 dollars hardcover book, if you've sold over 15,000 copies, you get the 15 percent, you're making three bucks? Right. six Five, 450. Is it 450? I don't know. I was an art major. <laughs> uh four fifty for a twenty dollar book as opposed to uh five bucks for a six dollar book. Right. It's, it's a no brainer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one difference. of the things that attracted me too. <laughs>
1: big difference. Yeah.
0: That's uh um, Okay,
1: you you look riveted by the way.
0: I am. I am riveted. I'm hanging on every syllable of what you're saying. Every word. (laughs) I
1: saw you check your messages a little while ago. I went
0: went looking for your, uh, the link you said was there for your copy editor.
1: (laughs) You were, you were looking for candy crush is what you were looking for.
0: (laughs) Candy crush. Yes. Yes. I've never understood candy crush. Well, I don't play it. That's why I don't understand. Um, okay. So that's you, you have,
1: you should play it. It's a good game.
0: I should get into it, but wow, wow. right i play right now. I got books. Let's to both read. play it. I have my let's phone. Play. Let's play right now. Is there a head-to-head version of Candy Crush? Can I don't out. know,
1: but there should be. <laughs> That's a billion-dollar idea, right there, Kevin. Man, this this is what
0: I do. I come up with billion billion-dollar billion billion ideas. ideas, and I just throw them out there like chump change. Just you take it. You take Thank
1: it. Thank
0: you. Uh, I will take it. <laughs> so let's. Uh, we're kind of coming up on time, so I want to make sure we're talking about the new stuff. So. Okay. What's, what's in the pike right now? Cause it, and you've got, there's some interesting little things happening with it. Not just, it's not just that you've got a new series or something like you're doing something kind of experimental.
1: I'm, I'm doing two things that are experimental. Uh, and again, cut me off if, if I okay. run too long or oh. don't cut me off, let me go and just cut some <laughs> of the earlier boring shit I said, and then mm-hmm. you'll still be, you'll still be under under your time, uh, time limit.
0: I got a whole dog eat ice section. To,
1: that I a, <laughs> <laughs> right above my head i'm surprised you didn't hear it and that's a great snack for dogs dogs yes. eating ice that's yeah. low calorie yeah and it gives them that chewing satisfaction yeah and i'm all for it normally but not right above my head during a, a podcast <laughs> kind of like oh, you going, let's, uh. I hear you. So, two experimental things that i'm trying and i love experiments i just love them i love piracy yeah uh, I, 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 used to get on my blog and say, steal it, yeah. steal it, put it on pirate. I put it on pirate Bay myself and I would host my own torrents, uh, mm-hmm. demonoid. And, uh, I would, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and pirate it. I, I don't see how it could possibly hurt my sales. And it doesn't. Right. It's something a lot of authors are worried about. And I love doing experiments. So I got two experiments going on right now. One is last year I decided to write a big book. And by big book, the sucker wound up being about 180,000 words. Right. By comparison, my first books were maybe 65,000 words. So this is three books. Wrote a big book, spent a year on it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this has blockbuster potential. This is a big idea. It's called What Happened to Lori. And it's about what happened to Lori. Is she dead or is it a lot worse? And it's a lot worse. And I've got a phone call that I'm going to... I shouldn't even have my phone here. Let's put it over there. (laughs) So what happened to Lori and it was a big book and I gave it to my agent and I said, what did you, what do you think of it? And she said, I don't know. It's experimental. I invented some punctuation with this. Yeah. I put a lot of cliffhangers in it and I basically tried to write it like clickbait. Okay. Uh, meaning keep posing more questions to keep the readers turning the pages Yeah. to get the answers and then trickle out the answers like crumbs but then hit them with even more intriguing questions. Right. Will she die? Find out on page 70. Not (laughs) that bad, but that's... Page 27 will blow your mind! That kind of crap. (laughs) Uh, But fun. It was fun. It was fun to write and hopefully it's fun to read. Well, my agent was lukewarm on it. She sent it out. Every publisher she sent it to was lukewarm on it. Right. Nobody thought it was a big book. And I said, well, shit. Okay, fine. Nobody thinks it's a big book. Let's do what I can do with it. So what I did is I split it into two books. Book one and book two. And I debuted book one for free. Right. So I've never premiered a novel. I've made novels free all the time after they've been available for a while. But I never premiered a novel free. And I got a perma-free on Amazon by going through the steps that you need to do in order to do that. The process. Yeah, and got a perma-free everywhere. And it launched, uh, I think, on the 5th, so about 10 days ago, 11 days ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. And I've gotten rid of a couple 10,000 copies, which is great. Been in the top 100 pretty consistently on the Amazon free list. And I'm getting a lot of good reviews and I'm getting a lot of shitty reviews, which I expected because it's a very polarizing book. Right. And the idea is give away part one for free, and then part two, I'm only charging ninety nine cents for it. So it's essentially a hundred and eighty thousand word super novel for a buck. And yeah, I see what it happens.
0: It's massive.
1: <laughs> yep. It is. I hear that all the time from my wife with with my writing. Not with with
0: anything else. She likes likes, uh, your BIC.
1: She likes them big. Yeah. She likes them big and hard.
0: (laughs) You are hitting uh, – this book right now is currently, like, number three in crime thrillers and number three in conspiracy thrillers. It it is doing very well. Uh, What did you do to promote it? I mean, being free has to help, but I know from experience that that's not going to get you to the top. Ten all the time. So.
1: Uh, no, no, it usually doesn't. Usually, BookBub is what pushes you up to the the number yeah. one spot. I've had the the lucky experience of being one in free and paid a couple of times. Yeah. In the last couple of years on on Amazon, and it's lovely when it happens. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it was first of all making an announcement. If you're a writer, you have to have a newsletter, mm-hmm. and you need to. Um, be actively trying to get more people to sign up for your newsletter have a link on your website have a link in the back of all of your ebooks for people to sign up so first was an announcement that got me in the top hundred and then I would social media it some Facebook posts some some blog posts some Twitter posts yeah and then I started using some of the non-bookbub advertisers yeah Uh, and there are a lot of them you know free submit for free or 25 bucks or a hundred bucks. I think book sends was 200 bucks. That one hasn't gone yet. And uh, then it's just been, you know, be active in social media, let people know about it, respond to emails and and people on Facebook and Twitter and ask kindly, can you review it? Even if you hated it, I'm I'm all Mm -hmm. about the hate. And it's consistently stayed in the, in the top hundred. And it's, it's doing pretty well. And book two I've got a blog called what happened to com, with a oh. countdown clock on it and book two will be released on August 30th for the bargain price of 99 cents. And we'll see if this is enough buzz to get both of them on the lists and, uh, you know, maybe actually get it talked about and, and get people discussing it and get people really interested in, in reading what happened to Lori.
0: Yeah. So, um, you're debuting that at 99 cents. That's not going to be its permanent price, though, right?
1: Uh, well, I'm debuting uh, the first book is free. The right. second book, yes, it will be debuted at 99 cents. I don't know. Just I don't see. know if Just I'm going to keep it. It depends on what it That's a
0: lot does. of book for that's the two of those volumes together. That's a lot of book for 99 cents, man.
1: Here, here's the here's the mentality, <laughs> and it may sound weird, but. I've experimented with price a lot. Yeah. And I found that four ninety nine, five ninety nine is a good price for a, an average size thriller, which is right. what I write. And that's the sweet spot in between how many sales you get versus how much you make per book. Mm-hmm. 99 cents, you will sell more books. Yeah. But you're making 35% rather than 70%. So you're making 32 cents a book, 33 cents a book mm-hmm. for a ninety nine cent book. As opposed to if you bumped it up to two ninety nine, you'd make seventy percent of that, right. which is you know, but almost two bucks. Right. Uh, I didn't want this to be about the money. I've tried so hard to make money, and I've made some money. I've been extremely lucky. Everything. The one. The one takeaway from my entire story is I got lucky. I got really, really lucky. Hmm. Uh, with a, a couple of times, I got really lucky. In this case, I spent a year on this book. I thought it would be big. My agent and publishers did not think it would be big. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to see how many people I can get to read it. Right. And that would mean, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to ask, is that is that at least in part about sort of an I told you so getting a thing. mess yeah uh,
1: <laughs> may, maybe yeah maybe I'm not a petty man but maybe maybe there's, pe- there's some of that
0: it's proof of con- it's not petty it's proof of concept proof,
1: proof of concept that's, that's a good way <laughs> of putting it so there's that but there's also I've never done it before
0: I'm right. always
1: releasing books that Four bucks, five bucks, six bucks. let's try to release one for free and ninety nine cents and and see actually what it does. yeah and see if it can take off. And if this fails, it's real easy. Mm-hmm. I unpublish both parts, I stick it together as one big book and I make it exclusive on Kindle Unlimited, and it's a reset. you know, all the reviews yeah. are gone, uh, all of the other platforms it's on are gone. And now it's just a brand new 180,000 word book uh, with, with no reviews for 5.99, And then yeah. I can do that the normal way. But why not play with it for a couple of months and see what it does?
0: Yeah. And you've got a third book in progress?
1: Uh, if, if this does well, I'll do a third book. I'd be yeah. foolish not to. You Of course, you want to, you, you want to follow success with, with more of the same until people get sick of you. Uh, but... <laughs> The the other interesting thing I'm doing right now, if we have some time, mm-hmm. is – do we have some time?
0: Yeah. I got about three minutes of uh, dog ice to
1: come. Oh, a- ask my wife. Three minutes is all I need.
0: <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Last year I did a newsletter swap, okay. which I organized. And I got a couple best-selling author buddies and said, look, you promote my free book in your newsletter to your subscribers. I'll provo- promote your free book in my newsletter Mm -hmm. and those work really well because you're reaching a lot of people and these people aren't necessarily aware of you, but they are engaged readers. People who sign up for newsletters are engaged. They want to know about deals. Right. And if it's a writer who's writing in a similar genre, then why not tell your fans, Hey, you know, there's this, this guy Kevin and I really loved his stuff and he's got a free book. Why not try it out? Mm -hmm. So I tried this last year and it worked. You know, we all got on the top 100 uh, yeah. sales lists for, for both paid and for free. And then I wrote Lori and it took a year of my life and I didn't do anything. I kind of disappeared into my little writer's cave. And right. then this year came around. I'm thinking about how to promote Lori. And I thought, there's got to be a way to do this better than doing a swap. So I got about 20 big authors together. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, you want to all do a swap, but we can't do individual books because if you are a subscriber to my newsletter and you got an email and it had 20 separate book covers in it with 20 links in it right you're gonna you're not gonna even get to the last one you're gonna be like okay i'll try that one maybe i'll try that one i'll try that one i don't know i don't think that'd be very effective Mm -hmm. if you're gonna do a swap keep it under five authors but in this case i thought what if there's a landing page right so i bought the urls www.freethrillerbooks.com and freethrillerebooks.com.
0: Okay. And
1: I made a page for that. And I've got, it's still in beta stage. You've got all the book covers listed on the site and then you've got a button that says add all to Amazon cart. Nice. So now I send out a newsletter and I don't have to put 20 links in it. I put one link freethrillerebooks.com and I send it out to my fans and say I've got a free book on here and so do 19 other authors and they're awesome check them out and then they go and rather than shop they binge. Just press a button buy them all and you've got them all. Of course every other author also is sending out to their newsletter list. Yeah. So if you've got a a good newsletter list of 10 or 20 or 30,000 people and then you have other authors who have 10 or 20 or 30,000 people that subscribe to their lists and you get 20 of them together. Yeah. You're reaching a lot of people.
0: That's true. You're yeah.
1: reaching a whole bunch of people. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm trying on the 21st of June. It's a novel
0: approach, uh, Joe. I, I've seen approaches similar to this. And in fact, I've participated in, in some that put you know everything on a landing page. That part's not new, but I, this idea of, add them all to the cart. That is, uh, that is pretty impressive.
1: That's, and good, and that's smart. Well, what's wonderful about the landing page, too, is it's not just we're promoting it in our newsletters. Mm-hmm. It's great. If you and I did a swap, your newsletter readers uh, get to see me. My newsletter readers get to see you. We, we've maybe doubled our, our, our views. Yep. In this case, with 20 people, you've got 20 times. But also because there is a URL for the landing page, there's freethrillerebooks.com. We can all promote it online, Twitter, yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook, on blogs, um, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit, yep. Tumblr. Mm-hmm. You can do this on all of that, and it just doesn't have to be the authors doing that. I've got 15,000 Twitter followers. When I say, hey, freethrillerebooks.com,
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: some of them are going to retweet. Yeah. And yeah. to their followers and maybe some of them will retweet. So it's more than just the newsletter. It's also the potential of reaching a lot more people than just our newsletters reach.
0: Right. Yeah. We'll see. You extend your reach. They extend their reach. Yeah, yeah. That's very smart, man. I'm, uh, I'm fully on board and we'll be hitting you up, uh, directly <laughs> after we stop recording. Uh.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You should. And, and not only that, this, the website is changeable. Yeah. So it can be cheap thriller ebooks.com where all the books are on sale for 99 cents during a promo. Right. It could be cheap horror ebooks, free horror books. Yeah. Free yeah. romance books.
0: I, I like I like where you're going with all of it.
1: And <laughs> and we all have it under control and it's free. Yeah, it's yeah. free. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars to a service to send it out. And I love those services. Yeah. But I you have but to be picked for them. Sometimes you're not.
0: I I have a I have a real hang up with having to beg somebody to take my money. It just doesn't sit well with me. So Bookbub, I love Bookbub. I can, I can attribute a lot of my success to book, sure. Uh but I avoid it if I can, cause I, I'd rather get, I'd rather get more organic traffic so that I'm not begging somebody to take my dollars.
1: <laughs> when, when you have that power, yeah. you have the ability to pick and choose and ultimately that's better for everybody. Yeah. Uh, It's unfortunate, and it's exclusive, exclusionary.
0: Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. But it's better because they're
1: getting the creme de la creme of the books that have already been vetted, and so their readers, the people who subscribe to their list, of which I'm one of them, I know that I'm getting vetted books. They're like a gatekeeper. Right, become a gatekeeper.
0: Well, but we specifically got into this business to avoid gatekeepers.
1: (laughs) We We did. We did. But, so, but you know what? I'm There's just, nothing wrong with vetting. Yeah, no, I'm curating. Is not I agree,
0: and it really it's about the readers. And the the biggest benefit of uh, Book Funnel and uh, Book funnel Bookbub, and uh, services like that um, is that I love Bookfunnel. Book I Funnel's love Bookfunnel too. I've had Damon on the show. He lives about a mile away from me. He's a great guy. Uh, he
1: comes but, over to drink all the time.
0: No, he doesn't drink. He's he's a freak of nature in the in the writing world. <laughs>
1: This this is this is thirty year old McAllen right here.
0: I have a and it's not thirty year old. I have an eighteen year old McAllen in the other room. Not as good, but uh,
1: oh, I can't even remember the last time I had an eighteen year old in my mouth.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and on that note. We're going to go ahead and This uh, is coffee.
1: Um, it's cold brew coffee. I just lifted it. 30 okay. <laughs> year old McAllen. Jesus, you know how much that is? How
0: much oh, money? Shit. No, man. Hey, man. I thought.
1: Thousands of dollars. Hell that no. Is,
0: that is that Conrad money. That I got uh, to
1: spend it all on Bookbub. He's like, I it
0: up. he's like throwing back 30 year McAllen. He's feeding ice to dogs. He's got the life. <laughs> Bathroom.
1: nice. nice to the dog. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to go over? We can make this a two-parter, Kevin. I'm having fun.
0: Uh, well, that's very tempting, but I got I got something else coming up. But I, I, would love to have you on again.
1: No, this is it. it. Mecca. This nope. is it. This is, it. Right. This is it. The I one time you had me. I knew. I knew it. I was
0: gonna blow my one you shot. You
1: blew it. It's, <laughs> it's over. I'm not even gonna promote this when this goes live. <laughs> well, Kevin, you who?
0: You wouldn't be the first um <laughs> so all right man um we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up though so tell tell everybody where they can find uh all this this glory that you have talked about online
1: the easiest thing is to just google jack daniels really? and you'll eventually get a link to me <laughs> that does because not I write a true. series. is that true uh, yeah yeah I, I write a series about jack daniels and, <laughs> okay. and write jack daniels books to make it a little
0: there you go a there little I, more
1: I, specific and you don't I have to remember who i am you?
0: by the way, have they ever asked you, have they ever talked to you at all? You know, you... Funny story. Okay. We got that. So,
1: Go so way back when I first <laughs> got, got my first deal, I got a letter from the Jack Daniels people, uh, their legal team that said, we are, uh, we have just heard that you have a series featuring a character named Jack Daniels. Uh, we're very, honored by that but we would like to make sure there's a brand distinction so if you wouldn't mind can you please put a disclaimer mm-hmm. in the book saying that we're not affiliated it was the nicest legal letter ever written yeah. by by anybody because it was polite it asked yeah. it didn't make demands there was no we're going to sue you so i was like yeah i'm you know i'm a fan of the brand obviously it's a damn yeah, good yeah. Tennessee sip and whiskey and uh, of course I did that. No problem. My publisher had no problem doing that, too. So a couple of years later, somebody else wrote a book with Jack Daniels in the title. Yeah. And they got the exact same letter I got. But at this point, the Internet and social media was in full swing. You know, I guess right. this back in 2003 when I got this letter and now it's now it's the 2010s.
0: Yes. And they
1: posted this letter, and it went viral, and they sell a, they sold a shit ton of their book because they posted this letter, this genteel, beautiful, can you please do this for us Yeah, uh, demand, and it was a demand, from Jack Gaines. And I'm thinking, shit, why didn't I post that letter? <laughs> I could have sold hundreds of thousands of books, if I posted that stupid letter.
0: It's not too late. You can do it. <laughs> I <laughs> I believe left. I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking, you know, I would do the uh disclaimer, but I would word it as uh the fine people at Jack Daniels
1: <laughs> asked
0: that I disclaim this and then let basically it's just an endorsement
1: at that point. I, I, I hardly endorse Jack Daniels. It's a
0: terrific. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Martha Gentleman book. Jack. I like uh, Gentleman Jack's nice and smooth. That's my...
1: The Sinatra. Favorite. Try the Sinatra Select. It's 100 oh, bucks, it. but worth it. Yes. Worth I, okay.
0: I have seen it. I didn't know if it was going to be worth the 100 bucks, but worth on it. your endorsement, I will... You've you've twisted my arm, Jack. Worth it. I, I, it wasn't hard anyway. I was... Happy I
1: was to get you drink that. more.
0: <laughs> you and I need to do that together sometime. We'll have we to can do it right I'll now. Post. Probably are doing But you're it trying right to right.
1: kick me off your show.
0: I know, I got other guests coming, man. I, I, I out of respect for them, I ha, I'm gonna have to I, 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 I would I would run it. I I'm I'm sitting here thinking, can I can I text them?
1: Can I look no, oh. I'm sick of me at this point, so no. <laughs> everybody else has to be.
0: No, no. They're all good. They're all begging for more. So, all right, man, uh, stick around for a second. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. Everybody out there, you're probably hearing the groovy bridge music. You may dance in place at will. And if you stick around, I'll share something fascinating on the other side of the break. Uh, but Joe, thank you so much for being a part of the show, man.
1: Hey, thank you
0: for having me. All right. See you, see you later, everybody. Hey, how you doing on money? I know it's a touchy subject, but, uh, I got something that may help you out. See, I'm using an app called Acorns. And it helps me manage some investing, uh, put some money back, get a little interest. It's kind of nice to watch my money grow. So I want to share that with you. Go to kevintumlinson.com slash acorns and you'll get some free money. See you there. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview with Joe Conrad. I know I did. Uh, (laughs) uh, Not only did I uh, learn a few things from his talk, I I managed to uh, kind of uh, pick up a promotion that was very useful to me and uh, hopefully a relationship that's going to benefit me and Joe going forward. So, uh, great interview. So, uh, let's jump into this week's news. i got a couple of items I think you'll find interesting. Uh, This first one comes from Scribd's blog, uh, the headline is, Introducing Scribd Snapshots, a new way to discover the best nonfiction books. Uh, this is an interesting thing. It's been popping up all over the place, and uh, I'm only kind of just learning about it and figuring it out. But uh, I was, it, it is intriguing. Uh, from their post, it says, We're excited to introduce new, uh, introduce snapshots, a new content offering that helps readers discover nonfiction books on Scribd. The literary, literary equivalent of a movie trailer... Snapshots are created by Scribd and designed to offer key insights of a book in about 15 minutes to spark subscribers' interest in reading the book in its entirety. Snapshots are available exclusively on Scribd in both text and audio format and included with the Scribd membership. Uh, this is an interesting kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I know what they're going for here. Um, I don't know if this is going to apply to like everything in their uh, nonfiction library. I kind of doubt it. Uh, they're probably going to pick some uh, bestsellers that are out there. Uh, but I, I am interested to see where they go with this uh, moving forward. Now, right now, um, you know, the only way to do this, I believe, is if you are going to Scribd directly. Uh, I, I don't really have a lot of details on <laughs> how it takes to get into the program, but I think it's something that all of us should start paying attention to. Um, and, uh, you know, there, it's meant to help the readers, honestly, um, as a nonfiction reader. So you're going into nonfiction to learn something. And this would be a great way to sort of, you know, help a reader decide on what to read next, especially if you're, you know, you're going to typically be pretty busy. Um, this is a way to get a little preview of a nonfiction book so that you can uh, determine whether or not that's going to be, it's going to work for what your objectives are. So pretty impressive. I'm, I'm going to be looking into that a little further um, down the road. So you just kind of see how it shapes up. And it's giving me some ideas, by the way, for some uh, something similar. <laughs> what can I say? That's just uh, the way things work. Uh, next up, AAP calls for closer regulation of Amazon and Google. Uh, now, this is, this is something. <laughs> frankly, it's interesting that this is even necessary But in today's world, uh, social media sites, big tech sites, they are um, kind of imposing their will on people. This kind of follows on the heels of uh, some things that are happening with like YouTubers, content creators of all kinds, really, uh, where the big tech companies may be clamping down. Uh, on them, but let me read. Let me read from the article. The Association of American Publishers (AAP) is calling on U.S. authorities to more closely regulate dominant online firms such as Amazon, warning they risk causing quote irreparable damage unquote to creative industries. Um, I'll read the next set too because this is this this will help uh, explain this a little better. But in a filing with the Federal Trade Commission over its recent uh, its recent on. Un- well, they missed a word or something here on competition and consumer protection. The AAP stressed big tech platforms exercise, extraordinary market power in the markets for books, book distribution and internet search. Um, so what's happening is, you know, these, these tech companies are, uh, kind of using their muscle and might as private platforms to dictate what content can be promoted, what, you know, what content appears to people, um, and uh and also with in the case of like amazon you know they're they kind of dictate terms as well um this list line will help the 12 page filing highlighted the market power of amazon and google threats to competition non-transparency of algorithms and the linking of distribution services to advertising uh the uh the ap actually states no publisher can avoid distributing through amazon and for all intents and purposes amazon dictates the economic terms with publishers paying more for amazon services each year and receiving less in return this is an ongoing problem and this is not just it's not just limited to amazon and google i mean this is happening uh on basically every big tech platform they are starting to um basically (laughs) (laughs) control the content, and control how that content can be marketed, and control how much money can flow through, you know, control what you can charge for things. Uh, This is a little bit of an unfair system all around, especially for content creators. I mentioned the whole YouTube thing, Uh, you know, YouTube and Twitter and uh, uh, a lot of companies out there. YouTube, basically, there was an email leaked recently Um, in which they were, and I'm not going to get political about this. I'm just letting you know this happened. Um, but they were discussing internally how to block content from certain conservative content creators, ways to tweak the algorithm so that that those conservatives and any controversial YouTubers that they didn't, you know, care for their content wouldn't appear as often in searches. Um, it would still be there. It could, it still could appear. But it would get less promotion, less attention. And basically, you, you know, they're using their platform to suppress speech. Um, now, you, whatever your beliefs are about, um, you know, this is, these are privately owned companies. They have the right to uh, do whatever they want with, uh, with their services, block whatever content they want or whatever. Uh, this suit from the AAP, or this, not a suit, this, this plea from the AAP to U.S. lawmakers ties in with this idea Um, how, how much control should these companies have over the content that goes onto their sites? Now, there are already laws in place that, that are supposed to protect these companies from the content itself. So if someone says something controversial, uh, says something inflammatory, uses, says something that incites violence, for example, on a YouTube video, uh, Google can't be sued for that content. Um, but the sort of flip side of this is Google may say uh, we're not going to allow anybody that has an opinion different than ours to post content, <laughs> and that sounds extreme, but it's happening. Uh, that sort of thing is happening. Um, now, what the this AAP plea is all about uh, to U.S. lawmakers is more about controlling the costs and of doing business with these services, the prices. You know, Amazon may dictate prices to these people. Uh, The book industry kind of went through this already. Traditional publishing sued uh, Amazon for the right to keep their prices at what they wanted them to be. Amazon was more than happy, by the way, to let this go, to let them control their prices. uh, Because they started pricing themselves out of certain categories. (laughs) <laughs> Basically. I mean they they're they're uh they went crazy and started charging like, you know, twenty dollars for an ebook or something, or charging more for ebooks than they charge for print books. Um, and then pointing to that that data to say that, you know, ebook sales are on the decline and that this trend is finally over. And what they're proving by that is anybody's guess, but these are the things that have been happening. So um so a lot of this, this is all big stuff. This is all stuff we need to be paying attention to because there, there are real-world consequences to consider in all of this that go well beyond um, just making money by selling books. There are connotations uh, that you know, is in terms of our uh, freedoms in the, in the U.S., especially uh, freedom of speech in particular, uh, constitutional rights, or civil rights, that sort of thing. So this is, uh, this is all all this stuff is tied together and the right to do business, you know, the, the right to control our business, uh, is tied with this, you know, Amazon in particular has a lot of control over our lives and a lot of control over our businesses. And if they shut you down, you know, if, if Amazon and Google decide they're not going to allow you to do business on their platforms anymore, what can you do? And there goes most of, most of the, uh, world. (laughs) There goes your business worldwide. So, Anyway, those are the things that are happening in the news right now. You can find links to all that in the show notes of this episode, uh, episode 191 at wordslingerpodcast.com. Uh, go check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong and stuff. Tell me, tell me how wrong I am. Uh, pop in the comments and let me know. But um, anyway, beyond that, I hope you're enjoying the Wordslinger podcast. Remember to subscribe. Go to uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you're finding this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it. Tell everyone you know about it. Share it on social media and let them know what uh, what the benefits of listening to the Wordslinger podcast are. Uh, and uh, make sure you check out our sponsors. <laughs> Those well-recorded uh, sponsor b- uh, bites. These are meant to be useful to you as much as to me, by the way. That whole Acorns thing... You can get a few bucks when you go sign up using my link. So go go check that out. That is going to do it for this, this episode of the Word Slinger Podcast. Hope you uh, got something truly useful, inspirational, something inspirational, informative, educational, or entertaining out of this episode. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. God bless you. I'll see you all next time.